Hey everyone, I'm Matt. And I'm Steven. And you're listening to Code Talk with Matt and Steven. Where we sit around chatting about code and stuff. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 11 of Code Talk with Matt and Steven. Uh, today, uh, if you hear poor audio, again, I'm sorry, I'm not on the Yeti. I'm recording from the public library in downtown Greenville, South Carolina. Um, but today we're going to go ahead and discuss um, intermediate va- values. Um, and then we're going to talk about naming things like variables and uh, method names. Sound good, Matt? That sounds good. All right. So uh, let's start out with the intermediate values. Um, we, we just, I think you just, uh, I just learned the term for it, even though I've used them. Um, but I think you just learned it as well, right? We would I pretty much just sent you this and said, we're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically let's uh, a little bit of background on that is um, intermediate values are like a lot of times you'll have methods that return a certain value, right? Like, uh, you know, get first name or do this and that, or sometimes you'll have some, some values or um, something that'll check something, some conditional logic, right? But sometimes it'll help to, uh, to assign those to, to a, an intermediate value. Uh, and so, um, so like for example, right, you, let's say you want to check uh, to see if someone's name has changed. So you say, you know, user first name, you know, does not equals equals previous first name, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or you even add on to that, or last name does not equals equals, you know, last name. Um, well, in that case, you've got this logic that you've got to try and work through in your mind. You're trying to figure out what is this co- comparison logic actually doing, you know. Um, but the, the point of an intermediate value is that you assign that logic to something that means something to you. Uh, so that way, later on, when you're debugging your code, you can go through and it, it makes sense a lot easier. So you, like I just said, you take those two comparisons, the first name compared to first name, the previous first name. You assign those, uh, you know, that Boolean value to a, a name changed variable and then so now when you're scanning your code right you just see name change and you know that's true or false right so later on down you don't have to try and remember what this logic was now you have that value attached to something meaningful um and so this like stuff like this just i mean it it does adding these values i think it i think it takes a minor performance hit but um you know it's it's better for the the programmer, right? You know, it's, it doesn't add anything to, you know, it doesn't add any value to the machine, but it, as we're going through and we're, uh, you know, we're debugging things, um, it makes it easier to test and kind of be able to, it, it, it reduces cognitive load. Um, I actually agree with you there. Um, you know, there was a point in time where I tried to, you know, make all of my code as like as short as possible. So that would be, um, not assigning variables to to other functions. So I try to I try to do functional programming as much as I possible possibly can. So you know, most of my most of my methods are pretty small, but still I like to assign a variable to something before passing it into um, another method. Um, but it all depends sometimes if it's just a single I guess if it's just a single argument or parameter in a method, then I might just go ahead and pass it through. But most of the time I've, I've actually just been kind of, I go back and forth with it 
<laughs> a lot, but you know, I try to, I think now I, I think I, I tend to, to lead more to creating variables and, you know, let's say if I'm passing, um, passing an array, you know, of items, then I might use the compact method, uh, or, you know, the, the function and, you know, things like that. Cause I feel like it is readable. Um, but it's readable when it's only a few. I mean, if you have 10 variables sitting at the top of a function, then there's something wrong. So I'm thinking, you know, two or three, just kind of pulling in all the information that, you know, you're then sending to another, another method, you know, and it just kind of hopefully will help make sense because you might have something called, I don't even know what, it, what to call it, but it may be something slightly different than what applies to, you know, the method that you're sending it to. So it's a good opportunity to say, Hey, this is actually, you know, this item, even though this method says it's something else. So it helps to just kind of clear things up, you know, cause that'll happen sometimes, you know, I, th I think this is going to segment into our next topic of conversation on what to name things. Cause you know, sometimes you'll name something and it works great for that, that moment in time. But later on, you're like, I can reuse this, but it doesn't apply. So <laughs> so I think yeah. variable names are, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right there. And that's a good segue into it. But before we, before we change topics on that, I want to go back to you. You mentioned, um, you know, you try to get your code as small as possible. Um, and so, well, first of all, this, this intermediate value stuff comes from, from uh, our, our good buddy, Craig uh, Davis at Help Scout. Um, he, he talks about this. He's a big proponent for this. Uh, and so I kind of, we stole some of these examples from his, a tweet of his. But uh, he and I will a lot of times uh, play code golf. Um, have, you ever, have you ever heard of that or played that? Mm -mm. So it's, 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 a, um, it's an exercise where you try to you refactor some code and get it down to as small as possible, right? Just like in golf, you have a right. small score. And so you try to see how small can I get it, and it still does the exact same thing. Um, but then you kind of reach a certain point of where – how small can I get it, but also keep it maintainable and readable, right? So that way it doesn't, yeah. I don't have this extra, you know, uh, overhead, you know, cognitive overhead, um, because now I have to go back in there and figure it out. It's a fun little exercise just when you're having fun, but in, in actual production work, um, you know, you don't, you don't want to, there's a, there's a, there's a threshold, right? Uh, where you, you can go small, but then it becomes unreadable. So you have to find that, that fine balance and you have to walk that line. And then I think sometimes you mention this as well, like you've got too many variable names or too much logic or whatever. And sometimes that's where that stuff gets uh, extracted out to its own method, right? Like, you know, in, in that case, in the case we get an example we gave earlier, um, uh, you know, the, the name changed or something like that. Well, like, yeah, that, that variable mm -hmm. helps you and stuff, but it would have been so much easier to, uh, you know, at that point then abstract that out into a method. You know, so then that logic now lives in in a method that's name you know name change um, or something. So it's you still get that readability, but then it's also moved away from where you're executing that. Right, right. Um, I remember uh, it was a long time ago that Jeffrey Way had like um, an episode or about just kind of refactoring um, and cleaning up code, and I remember just. And I could be quoting this completely wrong, but I remember him saying, you know, try to keep it under 10 lines, you know, as just like a rule of thumb. And then as far as nesting goes, you know, like let's say you have a, a loop or if statements, try to keep them no more than 
you know, one level nested or something like that. So <clears throat> I took those to heart <clears throat> and I, and I guess it is kind of a game you know, how do I, I don't like to have if statements within if statements. So I just think it's ugly. So, um, so I usually abstract that stuff out. Right. Um, and, and I guess just kind of thinking about it that way is like, I can't just keep nesting stuff. You know, if, if I have to keep nesting stuff, then it's, it's kind of, there's something wrong. Um, something smelly, you know, how can I clean it up? And so I say, you know, I think it's a good rule of thumb. I don't think you can keep every function to 10 lines or under, yeah. but I don't, I don't it, you know, do that. that's just not viable in some, you know, it's, it's right. It's, it's, but it's a good rule of thumb. Yeah. So, but it may be, I always like the, the 80, 20 rules, such a great rule. You know what I mean? It's like 80% of your code could, could probably be under, you know, uh, 10 lines of code. Um, you know, for, for a method and, you know, nesting level, you know, maybe one deep. Um, but then there's that 20% that it just doesn't apply to. I've had to do some, some methods where <clears throat> they were really funky just cause I couldn't figure out how to, how to split it out. So yeah, it happens. Um, and so you put that at to do clean this up later, <laughs> figure this out. Yeah. That's, that's, um, I've done that, and, I, and a lot of everybody does that, right? You, you have to look at that, and, and you see those uh, those things, and you, you know when you write it that it's never going to get cleaned up, right? You know, like but, at least I said that I. It's pretty much acknowledging to your fellow developers that this could be better, but I'm too lazy, or I don't have enough time. I think it's more for me. It's more like I just couldn't figure out how to make this smaller. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, like I just it. Yeah, it's really complicated and it works this way and I just can't figure it out. You know, there's just this weird stuff um, going on that I had to I had to keep it all in one place. So right. that's usually my case for that. All right, well, let's uh, take the awkward segue. We had a perfect, perfect one set up for us earlier, but let's move on into, uh, into naming things. Um, so like variables and, and, uh, and method names. So we, you and I both got the chance a few years back, uh, four years back now, I guess, right. To have a good weekend, sit down with, with Phil student at the time, uh, who at the time was like both, both of us, both of us, I think we kind of like really looked up to because that was kind of where we aspired to. And pretty much, you know, I think a lot of people, when you Google anything PHP, at least a few years ago, you would see his, you know, stack up with answers. Um, but we, had, you, mm-hmm. know, you know, I got a chance to sit down with him and hang out. And I remember him talking about method naming and talking about, you know, he didn't, he was like, I don't care how long method names are. He's like, be descriptive, you know, be as descriptive as possible instead of like using abbreviations for like, you know, message, MS, MSG, whatever, right? Like make MSG, right. you know, like just write it out, make a message. That way it's just, you're, it's all about reducing the cognitive uh, load, right? And, and making things more clear. Um, and understandable. And um, so, yeah, I, I, that kind of really helped me out because I really was back then because a lot of the examples you saw were abbreviations or just kind of trying to be clever with the names. But I was like, yeah, you know, why, what does that really get me besides feeling clever? You know, like I have to go back in and do this and I don't want to look at my code and think symbols. Like I want to read it, you know, like a book and um, or, or, or a story even really because that's how code is, is written. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, I've got long method names. Um, not as long. Okay, so real quick, before I, I want you to give me your opinion on this, but real quick. So, I've got a coworker of mine. Uh, he's super brilliant, 
and but his, he, he's got some great method names. Like there's one, it was, we were working on a project together and it was like, make response and return JSON as blah, 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 as array or something like that. Right. And so it's like the super mm -hmm. name. And I'm like, I never would have done that. I think for me, I would have done like return response or something. And then just declared like an array type name, you know, or whatever. I'm like, let my IDE thing. But the fact that he's got, that right. I'm like, you know what? Like if I'm not using an IDE, whatever, I can read that. I know exactly what it does and exactly what I expect to be returned. So I'm like, I can't knock that. That's descriptive and it's helpful. Anyways. You know, I feel like it could be shortened though. Like that's pretty long. Like return response as array might do the trick. Oh, I don't remember what you said it was, but it seemed, yeah. I try to keep it as short or I try to keep it as short as it can be, I guess. I do have some long method names, but I feel like if my method does too much where I have to write a long method name, you know, like, you know, convert response to array and apply this, you know, thing to it, you know, that's, that's a long method name to tell you what it does. But, you know, return response as array could be one method and then, you know, format something. You know what I mean? It's like split it up and make those method names shorter. I think if you got if you got long method names, it means you're probably doing too much in that method. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. And that's not. I think that's a good rule of thumb, but it's not a blanket statement there. Of, uh, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely not. There's there's times where it makes sense to write a long method name, but I don't know. I've seen some method names that just don't make sense because they're just too long, right? It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Okay, so well, I want to come back to the method naming thing or the the naming things. But you just said something that kind of makes me want to go off on this little tangent here. You're talking about like maybe your method does too much, you know? And how much? How do you know? We go back to the uh, that rule that you were talking you were talking about in that post that Jeffrey Way had a few years ago about mm -hmm. breaking things out. But like sometimes, at least in my opinion, you you can break things out too much. And then other times you, you just can't get away like from um, keeping it all in one, right? So like, and this goes back to the unit testing for me too, is right. You can make, like you said, you can have make array or return away, you know, return responses array or whatever, right? In that it formats it, in that it does this, in that it does that. So it's like now this one method is like calling all of these other methods. You know, so it's like, how do you test that? And how do you break out stuff like that? Because that one method is still doing all the other stuff. It's just, it's, it's each individual units of work have now been broken out to their own methods. You know, so it's like, right. So it's like, if you want to test, oh, now, and I wish giving back to testing, but like, if you want to test it, you could test each one of those individual methods, but then trying to test that they all work together as one. Now, you know, you've got a big, a different problem, but um, you still have that problem. If, if, well, that's... if it's in the same method, whether they're broken out or not. Right. I mean, I do think it does help a lot with, with testing. So yeah, it's more, it's more tests you're going to write. Um, so you, yeah, you are going to, you're going to test all those individual methods as a unit, you know, as a unit test. And then you're going to test the whole as a probably integration test, right. Or, you know, you're going to send it what it's expecting and then return it back. Um, you know, for me, there was a long time where I didn't write unit tests actually, you know, so actually breaking out my code that way helped me to debug so much more. Um, I could find problems very quickly 
um, by breaking it all out. So that's one of the reasons why, I, you know, I kind of took that fun- functional programming uh, style of coding and, and just kind of went with it because I realized that not only was my code getting a lot cleaner, uh, I was getting faster at de- debugging and finding issues because I knew that that one little, that one method that did just one thing, you know, that's what it's supposed to do. And it was very easy for me to say, okay, does it do this? Cool. So I know it's not the problem, you know? So, and now with, I guess, return types and all that kind of stuff, I mean, it's making things easier to, <laughs> to make sure that it's returning or, you know, what it's supposed to, or it's going to, it's going to break. Right. Right. But, okay. Well, getting back to naming things, I want to hear what you, cause you, cause you and I are apparently opposite on this. Like I, I like being descriptive. Granted that one method that I, I gave as an example might've been quite long, but um, I, I still produce quite a you know, long method names. Uh, myself and so like what do you how do you feel about variable names because i still again like to be descriptive i like to know you know what it is you know i want to read it as almost like a sentence (sighs) (laughs) you know i I take the same approach to variable names right i mean it, it shouldn't be more than it has to be so and if it if you got a sentence for a variable name, dude, that's okay. I don't mean, maybe, you know, it's, that variable is like too much. Like <laughs> it's just too I'm much. Like a 50 character, you know, sentence variable name, but I mean, right. maybe like 20, 20 something, you know, whatever, something that's like a, a couple of words strung together. It's not just like first name or whatever. Um, you know, it's funny. Like this is probably wrong, but, you know, I like snake cased variable names, but you know, I standards. Too. I do too. Yeah, we can get it because <laughs> I could just easily like pick between a method. And, you know, it just makes it easier for me to read. But I do camel cased um, variable names, so um, and I hate the way it looks, so I usually try to keep it um, as simple as possible. So for that reason, so is that is that bad? No, no, that makes sense. It makes sense. I don't know. I feel like, you know, if there's more than three words, it's like a lot in a variable name. I think I'm going to try, I'm going to try your out next time I'm working on some new code and I'm going to try to keep your rules of thumb uh, in, in my mind uh, to see if I can just actually, well, I want to compare to what I actually do uh, compared to what I think I actually do. And then to see if I can whittle it down, if I actually end up going over what, what your rules of thumb are. I want to see if I can do that. All right. Yeah, let me know how it goes yeah. and tell me how, how wrong I am. <laughs> I'll yeah. show you. I'm like, this is how it's supposed to be. <laughs> but, you know, okay, you know what? I want to go back and let's have a – oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you, you go ahead. I, I want to go uh, back. And, and we haven't had a good rant in a while, but I want to, I want to, I want to be a little nostalgic here. And, and I kind of want to have a little mini rant here. Uh, I, I perfect. I 100% agree with you. I miss underscores with the names. I miss prefixing private methods uh, with the underscore. I'm, I mean, I get the standards. I get that. And I adhere to it mm-hmm. strictly. But I've been thinking lately, honestly, um, about wanting to do like a personal project, uh, you know, just a website or something personal or whatever, my own thing. And, and just coding the way I used to code back in the PHP 5.2, 5.3 days, you know, before the, uh, the, the PHP fig existed, before the PSR standards, yeah. before all of this, right? Like that was, it was, uh, it was more Python style coding. 
And to me, it just was cleaner. It was more readable. In fact, I wish I could write my, I, I kind of want our, uh, at work, I want our unit test method names to be snake case, just because I can read it a lot easier. I used to, um, I, I hear you say like going back and coding the way you used to. I used to, I, it was a real hard habit to break, but I liked like if else statements. I never liked having the uh, the brackets and the like, you know, else if on the same line. Oh, you used to so do a whole new line. I, Didn't we have an argument? I used to hold do. Years ago? Huh? Didn't you and I have an argument about that years ago? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I thought I thought it was easier to read, I, like, I did too. especially when you had it when you had it. Especially back then, I was writing a lot of if if else statements. So, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I always liked bringing it to a new line because it, it just separated things for me visually and easier for me to read. But yeah, I, I, know, I, I think I'm the only person I've ever I've ever known that's ever done that. So you know, no, I totally agree. I used to do the exact same thing. Yeah, no, I, I, I used to do it because I think that's how I learned it. When I started learning PHP, I think that's the example I saw. Also coming from ActionScript was my first language. And then like, I think I'm pretty sure that's kind of what all the examples you would see back then were. You know, everything was kind of broken out, but it really mm-hmm. was more readable because it's almost like it's a single character on its own line. And so it's almost like uh, white space, you know, so you've added white space to it. So now you've all got this white space line or virtual white space line between your if and then your body of your if. And so it just makes it so much more readable. Right. Yeah. Well, how'd you feel about it? I mean, there was a long time where PHP developers were doing like if statements would do the, uh, the first bracket on a new line. Now that <sighs> I did it too, but I never really cared for that. So I was glad that went away. Dude, oh yeah. No. Okay. Well, I used to do that. That's what, yeah, sorry, I like that every bracket was on a new line. Yeah, that's what I was. No, was no. I was I saying to, that. Yeah, you were talking about. Yeah, I used to do that too. Yeah. I'm talking about like, let's say you did an L, uh, an if statement. You know, you had an else if in there. So normally you'd have your closing bracket from the if statement, else if, and then you know your starting bracket for the new if. So I used to I used to create a new line from. Uh, from the closing bracket of the if statement. So else if would start a new line. Uh, okay. That's what I used to do. I, used to do I don't think well. any, I don't know anybody. Yeah. No, I still used to so. put the, uh, the, if like the opening bracket after the if on its own line. I liked that in my mind, but, um, I don't know. I've, I've grown to not like it. I think it's because standards have been, you know, yeah. pushed down my throat. But, um, I, I've grown to not like it either. So I think it's, Snake case variables, though. They're coming back. Yeah. <laughs> of course, we could always go you know, right. Python style and just, or even just go to Python, right? And then you have no brackets. Nice, yeah. Um, now, okay. Or maybe uh, write your own. Yeah, write your own. Yeah, for sure. Okay, you know what? We could talk about that another time. With uh, There are PHP preprocessors now. So you could actually write that. Um, and then it would be, you know, pretty much however you want PHP to function, and it would just pre-process that into mm-hmm. its own PHP file that would be saved out. Um, but I think that's a whole other show for us to talk about. How we oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, this has been fun. Yeah. I think uh, I enjoyed we're, just, it. we're two different people doing two different things. I'm going to try it your way and see what's up. And uh, I'm just going to uh- keep thinking about Wanted to write my own snake case project again. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Do you just use Snake Case uh, test test methods? Don't you? No, I want to. We don't, ah, and I, yeah, I really want yeah. to just because it's so much easier to read. Yeah, I've seen them both ways. I camel case them, but I think they'd be easier to read. Snake, especially because those method names are really long, right? It's yeah, this yeah, that they are. And blah blah blah. You know, I'm just like, oh god, like. So. Well, that's where it apl- That's that's where I feel it can apply if you have a long right. method name as a unit test. We Well, it's been fun, Matt. Thanks for chatting. Yeah, man. All right. Have a good one. Catch you later, man. Thanks everybody for joining us again on Code Talk with Matt and Steven. We are on Twitter at, at Code Talk Podcast, and we're online at codetalk.simplecast.fm. Thank you. See you next time.